0: Hello everyone and welcome to Unsolicited Advice. I'm your host Jake Sprague and this is a podcast where I give advice to people that never asked me for it. I'm a comedian here in sunny Los Angeles, California. Boy, really jumbling around this intro. If you like the podcast, remember I barely made $10,000 last year doing this podcast. So please leave a review tell a friend, or hand me money when you see me in person. I am joined by my guest, Dana Bomar. Hi, Dana.
1: Hi.
0: Are you ready to do some podcasting?
1: I am. I've got a whiskey in hand. It was supposed to be dry January, but I haven't done it at all.
0: Why do you eye it so hard? It it was almost like you were going to say what kind of whiskey it was, and then you just said whiskey.
1: Well, I was going to say one sip because I thought there was just like one sip left, but it's a little more than one sip.
0: Oh, you were eyeballing the amount. amount. I was
1: going to say with a shot of whiskey, but it's really, I don't know, half a shot, I guess. Did
0: you plan on, did you really plan on doing dry January? For people who don't know what that is, dry January is when you don't drink in January. Yeah, I did. Did you?
1: Yeah, I did. And I failed the first, Was it the first day?
0: First day.
1: day. (laughs) Second day. Wow. So then I just thought, well, that didn't work out. (laughs) there that goes. Yep. Okay. But yes, I did want to do
0: that. Are you ready to dispense some advice? I am. This is, this one's tough. A lot of times we pull, you know, questions from, you know, relationship advice subreddit or am I the asshole or... Something online asking for advice because the concept of this show is me giving advice to people that didn't ask me for it. It's unsolicited advice. Do you understand?
1: You know, I never got the title.
0: So, today we have something (laughs) that I am frankly furious about. Whoa. That's A a strong word. Yes, it is. A listener of this podcast decided to ask for some advice Do what, would you, what would you what would you understand
1: the concept of this show
0: and as i've said many times will i answer it absolutely will i like it <laughs> not one bit so this is some solicited advice some change,
1: change the title i mean we've got to start a whole new show
0: trust me i looked into it and it's harder than you think <laughs> yeah okay you ready I guess Yeah, it's uh, Trust me, I'm annoyed too um, This person I believe asked to remain anonymous later in it I tried to skim through it But I think I've read most of it But I'm gonna be honest I have forgotten it <laughs> Okay <laughs> Okay. Hey, not asking for advice But would not mind unsolicited advice Wink Nice wink, idiot I know what's going on here <laughs> Keep me anonymous in that case. Sorry if my American is bad. I refuse to call it English and I'll happily answer any questions you have when I'm awake. This person's sleepy and they're not from here. So, here's what.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I'm 31. I live alone on a small farm estate in the woods. I have a kid and he stays with me every other week. I keep adult life together on my kid weeks. I'm a fun, normal dad. And he's super verbal and talk clean, really smart kid. Good kid. He's four. On my alone weeks, I sit alone and do mostly nothing. I don't hang out with people except my old parents and no, and one neighbor now and then. I'm a true hermit, I guess. I hate society. I don't like crowds. I'm a loner. I know nothing matters and we all die and that's it.
1: Whoa. Yeah. This is heavy.
0: I know. So, how do I become a little bit happier and less of an antisocial hermit freak? Whoa. That is our solicited advice.
1: Well, I mean, that's a pretty uh, intense view of themselves. Yeah. Um, Because. But what
0: I mean, it could just be very honest.
1: I guess so. But the way they were presenting it was that they hate society, they hate crowds, so they're like choosing to be like this but then the question says they don't want to be like this so it doesn't feel like a choice so maybe they're afraid afraid of things versus they're making a conscious choice to be like no i like being home i like being with myself i like hanging out with my parents or whatever right
0: yeah you're saying all this probably stems from fear because yes. they can recognize that this is not good yes and but they they're want doing to it anyway it. yeah yeah it's it's interesting because you listen to them talk about their life and you could see how some people would view it as sort of idyllic, but I could see how lonely it would be, especially when, when he talks about how he feels very different on his weeks that he's with his kid and weeks that he's not. I can't remember if he said he was his son or not. It felt like it was his son.
1: Not sure. They just yeah. said they were four. Um I don't know. Maybe if it's too scary, just my first thought is maybe if it's too scary to do things on your off weeks where you're alone and you're not used to going out by yourself, maybe he needs to incorporate going out and doing things more on his kid weeks to force himself to get out, meet other parents, do some activities that that the kid would like. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't feel entirely selfish. It's things that he's trying to do for his kid. And also it helps him get out there, meet new people. Do you know what I mean? And then hopefully it would help him get over that fear and maybe get him excited about doing something on the weeks where he's by himself too.
0: I think that's really smart uh taking the time where you already feel motivated and excited and using yeah. that uh to sort of broaden your
1: and to use your love for your child because sometimes it is like, oh I want to do this thing. It's like, uh who cares? There's no stakes there. If you do it or you don't do it, all he has to deal with is his own feelings and he could probably handle that. He's been doing that already. But he if he has to put the I don't know the responsibility of like the feelings on his kid. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know how to say it correctly, but if the activity is for his kid and it's, it's beyond him, I think that's a good motivation that's outside yourself to pull you out to do something new.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, Something I have noticed is if you are feeling sort of in a rut A good thing to focus on because it can be hard to focus on yourself when you feel very down. It can be very positive to think about how you can affect other people's lives in positive ways.
1: For sure.
0: So, yeah, if you're feeling very down and he asks, how do I become a little bit happier and less of an antisocial hermit freak? One of the things I think is you can... You can concentrate on other people sure. and how you can do things for other people because then it takes a little bit off of you and oh, I guess I've got to do more crunches because I'm unhappy with my weight or I guess I've got to yeah. I need to go and sign up for a dating app. Uh, it's easier and a lot more rewarding, I think, to think about what you can do. For another person.
1: Yes. And I think your kid is the biggest one, you know, like the thing that will probably be the easiest one. Um, And you'll probably meet some other people that are going through similar things that also are parents um, that you could relate to and not feel like such a freak.
0: Yeah. On the subject of him getting a little bit happier, I know this is small. But outside of the realm of thinking about other people and what you can do in their lives, there are some things I've heard that are supposed to just make people happier in general. And I, you and I have talked about this. I don't even, I don't know if it's been on this podcast, but we've talked about this many times. There's this idea that the simple act of making your bed in the morning is one of the most measurable ways to affect your happiness i don't know what it is but there's something about it just putting your life together a little bit has a measurable effect on people's happiness which i think is pretty interesting
1: yeah we've talked about it because you had read i think some study and mentioned it and i have these moments a lot where my mother did things (laughs) that She really drilled it into us that it was so important that we made our bed every morning and that there was nothing on the floor. These were like two things that were like very important to her. And, you know, obviously as a kid, it was like, oh, she's so strict, it's so serious. And then reading the study later about happiness and how making your bed every morning makes you happy. I was like, ah, my mom was so right. Like she knew. (laughs) She knew it was important. She just didn't understand why it was important, I think. Like, she probably just did it every day and felt good and wanted to instill that on us. Also, she probably just wanted the house clean. But she knew it was something that was really important. Um, And it does help. It's like a thing that you can... It's like the smallest goal possible. You know, like you can set a tiny goal that you know you can achieve and you've done something that doesn't feel impossible, yes. you know, or unachievable. And just, it's like a little victory that can help.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know what about it. Well, I guess I think I know what about it. But this reminds me of, um, we, we had similar, you and I had similar uh, childhoods. Both of our dads uh, worked construction and they were gone a lot, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it, you had a very clean house
1: insanely clean. My mom and vacuumed three times a day, literally. Wow.
0: And I had a too clean. I had a very dirty house. Um, and when you were just telling the story of your mom wanting you to make the beds and stuff, I was I don't know why we didn't have a make the beds thing, but I was thinking about how we had bugs. At times we would get like a lot of cockroaches and stuff in the house because it was a dirty fucking house. And uh, my, my dad, uh, he made, I was upset because I was like, hey, why are there bugs here? We need to do something about this. We need to get an exterminator. And he made a jug of his own poison and oh sprayed God. it around the house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. Pretty different. Very between
1: different. Between your
0: family being like, you need to make your bed in the morning and me begging my dad and him having to make poison.
1: <laughs> I wonder what this poison was, by the way.
0: I just remember it was in a jug. He had it, he kind of had like a big jug. He looked like a bit of an exterminator, but he wasn't. And he had a big jug and he was kind of going around spraying it, and acting like it was going to work. I don't even remember if it worked. Maybe it did. Maybe it worked. But I just think uh, that's interesting. That's not in the Venn diagram. That's yeah. not in the middle part of our lives. Because there's a lot that's in that middle part. We actually had pretty similar yes. uh, childhoods. But yes. uh, a little different there.
1: No, I don't think uh, I had to convince my dad to make poison. But, you know, maybe he did make poison and he always sprayed the house. I don't know. He was very handy. Yeah, I, I, don't I actually don't think we had an exterminator until... Like, they have an exterminator now, but I'm not sure if we had an exterminator when I was a kid. don't remember there being one.
0: You know, one of the main reasons that you might need an exterminator is if you live in a filthy house (laughs) and nobody cares. (laughs) Um, That's true. So, uh, coming from a, a house that was not super clean, I do feel a huge difference when the area around me is clean and less chaotic
1: i'd like to take some credit for that and, and i also feel like my mom needs to take some credit for that for mm-hmm. instilling that in me yeah but i mean i'm gonna share a personal story do you care that when we met that when we met oh
0: this is about how you got vagina surgery
1: yes yes exactly you forced me to do it you said yeah. i can't be around you otherwise this is
0: a personal story but it's important <laughs> It
1: really explains the dynamic of our relationship, this Uh host and guest uh, business. Yes, It's been going on since the beginning. I did get the surgery. (laughs) Are you still going with the bit? (laughs) Tell the story.
0: How long do you want (laughs) to go?
1: Well, when we first met, your house was crazy and your room was crazy. And I remember thinking that You cannot change your whole house, but your space and your room, you can. You have control over that space. And I really felt like maybe it's partially selfish and also trying to help you too. But I was like, if I'm going to be around and we're going to be hanging out, it can't be crazy like this. I didn't grow up with, you know, like things everywhere. It just felt... I don't know, it just felt out of control to me. And I remember coming in and I think it was one of the first things I did was just go through everything, like, in your room, throwing things away and organizing things and really getting things decluttered and organized. And um, I don't know. I mean, I felt like it seemed really forward, but I think since that day you really have not that you couldn't have done it before, but I think it was just like a way of being like, oh, I can live differently than my surrounding, than my surroundings.
0: Well, yeah, a few things. Um, I I never, I don't have a connection to material things. I didn't have a messy space because I thought, uh, this is my mess, I know where everything is, I like it this way. I was just living in a house that I uh, I remember it not affecting me as much maybe growing up into up until like middle school. But I remember getting into high school, especially as I was getting more and more interested in girls. I remember really resenting my house, really being upset with my parents uh, that things were so dirty. Um, so yeah,
1: I <sighs> and it does affect things because I remember even at that time wanting to hang out, and you were so weird about me coming over, yeah, that I didn't interpret. I there was no way I could have thought, oh, he's embarrassed or feels bad about his house, yeah, but I just thought you didn't want to hang out with me, mm-hmm. and so I mean, I guess to put it back on this person. If you can make your space, especially if you're there all the time, a place that is somewhere you love, that you it is a place you can recharge and it makes you feel good, that is amazing. But if you're sitting there for a week by yourself and you don't want to do anything and the space you're in makes you feel bad, you should actively change that.
0: Yeah, I and totally it's hard, agree.
1: but you should. Yeah. It will change your life. I, I outside of your house.
0: Yes. Um yeah, you don't only want to change your life inside your house, you want to change it outside your house too, because you're a hermit. So uh Well, I wonder if that's good advice for a hermit. Make your house an exciting place to be. I don't know. It's not
1: that it's exciting, but it's somewhere you are proud of because let's say you did meet somebody out there, you know, and you want to hang out with them more, and this is a comfortable space for you as your home, but it's not a place you would want someone to be, then you're just sort of isolating yourself further.
0: Can I share with you... Uh I did ask him a question when mm-hmm. I first read this. Uh blah blah blah. Uh keep me anonymous, answer my question. Okay. I said, did you used to feel any differently? If so, when did this start? What is a dream for life you have or had? That's just kind of those were my first thoughts when I thought if I could ask this person any questions, I was thinking how long has this been the case and was there anything that you aspired to do that maybe you're not doing right now i haven't read this final part um okay nah never felt differently Do i like to be seen in whatever i think though i like to be seen in whatever small crowd i'm in i know it's weird oh don't i don't know what he's saying here do i like to be seen in whatever small crowd i'm in what is he saying there?
1: I don't know. Not sure.
0: My dream life would be living alone with my kid every other week, but a bit more social and okay with it. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Part of this feels like it feels like it's hard to. I don't know, because happiness, um, there's this idea, I guess they were supposed to be happy all the time mm-hmm. and i think it's the reason maybe some people think like oh i'm not happy maybe i need to i don't know any of the things they do therapy exercise medicate whatever um all of them which can be positive things in people's lives but i think there is a little bit of a notion that we should be happy all the time which i don't really think is reasonable or realistic i think we should you know I don't know. I guess I think we should be looking for things that help us feel more fulfilled and trying to live a good life. But you don't have to be happy 24-7. It's fine to be like, oh, I'm in a bad mood right now because mm-hmm. I'm annoyed with something. Um, But I do think if you don't have a passion, if you don't have something you care about, if if your dream life, when it, as this person said, is just being alone with their kid, I guess – the only thing I can draw from that is maybe your passion is your kid mm-hmm. and you need to be around your kid more than once a week. Yeah. You need to go wherever this kid is. And even if you're not, it sounds like obviously you're not with the person uh, that you had the kid with anymore. But uh, I think maybe you need to be there so you're around that kid a lot more if that's what you're passionate about. But you need to start to remember what makes you excited about life. And it will be something. I know when things are sort of when you're down and things are not, I don't know, when when you're feeling like things are bleak, it's kind of hard to find that, but you need to follow things that excite you a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that oftentimes if you're, we've talked about being like kind of in a rut, and I think oftentimes if you're in a rut, to me it means your goals are too small and too easily dismissed. So if he can be a little more social or he's not a little more social, well, the stakes aren't really that high and the change is not really that big. So it's not really that motivating whether it happens or it doesn't happen, right? So if he needs like a bigger way further way more impossible goal I know we were talking about making the bed as like a little victory those are awesome but you need a way longer term one too I this is just an example but I'm trying to still lose weight from after having the baby and that's my goal as well (laughs) and if I for
0: you to lose weight
1: oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah I mean maybe I'll just turn to surgery I did it for other things so But anyway, not against it. (laughs) But even with weight loss, if I said that my goal was to lose one pound, well, one pound fluctuates every single day, basically. So on a daily basis, I could either succeed or fail. And who cares? If I ate good that day, I might gain a pound. If I ate bad that day, I might gain a pound. It's sort of like just... Do you know what I mean? It's sort of nothing matters because it's so little. It could be anything. I could have gotten less sleep that day. It's not measurable in like any realistic way, right? But if I have a giant goal, which I do right now, and I've tried to set a big goal, which is I want to fit into a wedding dress that I bought before I got pregnant, that feels like a big... Before
0: we got pregnant.
1: (laughs) Yes, before we got pregnant... But that feels like a big goal that I can make long-term choices to get to that goal. So it might fluctuate on a daily basis, but a long-term goal is going to hopefully keep going down. You know, like if you saw a chart, it might fluctuate up, down, up, down, up, down every day. But overall, the arc is going to go down or up. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So it need, to me, he needs something, even if it's... I want to be in a relationship again. That's a pretty big goal. So that if he is thinking about, "Oh, I want to I want to go out tonight um and maybe I'll meet somebody at a bar, if his goal is like, because I want to be a little more social, he could very easily be like, eh, I'll do that tomorrow. But if the goal is like, no, I want to like meet people. I want to get into a new relationship or I want to have a group of friends I hang out with on a weekly basis. Maybe that's like a more exciting motivation to be like, there might be somebody there that I really connect with and get him out there, but it might be something else. I don't know what's going to excite him, but there needs to be something that that gets him, ex- like you were saying, like gets him excited because even the way he's wording this, like slightly more antisocial. That doesn't, that's not very exciting wording. That's not the kind of wording that gets you to do something you don't want to do.
0: No, of course not. But I do think it is the wording of someone who's in a rut, who feel yeah. is feeling depressed. Um, so I think it's weird because I agree with you and I I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's... You have this big goal, and I do think you need big goals. I think you need something that you're really excited about that you want to keep pushing towards even though it's a ways out. And I also think you need to do things that make your life a little bit better every day. For sure. I don't remember what it was, but I remember something talking about uh, taking responsibility and basically the idea that you – as much responsibility as you can take, as much, uh, as much as you can help other people, as much as you can do, do that. And then, you know, continue to take on more if you are capable of doing that. And i found, um, with that mindset, I think you put yourself in a position, of course, to, to help other people and also to show yourself what you're capable of. Uh, There were times where I would sort of turn something down if I just didn't want to do it. I'd think, oh, I don't want to go coach this improv team or something this night. I'd rather blah, blah, blah. And then at one point I thought, no, if I can do something, if it's not going to ruin my life and I'm not going crazy about it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take those opportunities. And I think the more and more you start doing things like that, even those little things, uh, you do start to build up this feeling of being more and more capable of doing whatever it is you need to do. And I think that's good when you are aiming towards your big goal. Yeah. You know, if your goal was to be... uh, you know an amazing stand-up comedian you want to be the next bill burr or something like that the first thing you've got to do is go to your first open mic for sure you know um so i think it's like it takes a little bit of both it takes a little bit of making your bed in the morning and it takes a little bit of i want to be a ship captain or whatever your lofty goal is Make my own poison for my ooh, children.
1: Ooh, love it. Yeah. Um. I also think just when you were talking about that, it I, I'm sure, it reminds me, I'm sure there are...
0: But Real quick, by the way, he also does say at the end here, I'd rather die than move. So, <laughs> I don't think he's going to move.
1: Move, like, just physically, like his physical body move, or like move, like move to a new house.
0: I think he means his physical body.
1: He just just wants to sit on the couch and don't go anywhere.
0: He doesn't want to move ever.
1: Well, he's going to have to.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Um, The other thing, too, is I'm sure there are things he is saying no to that he should be saying yes to. And I think getting in the habit of always saying yes will really help this person so every time he's invited to something every time someone asks him to go do something it might not be all the time every day he's getting people asking him things but he should just say yes Even when he doesn't want to, even when he's afraid, even when he doesn't want to move, even when... Like, all those things. He just should get in the habit of saying yes to everything. Literally everything. Every time the neighbor invites him to something, um, because there might be other people there. uh, Don't you think he should just start saying yes to everything? Yeah. His default should be yes for everything.
0: I think, yeah, this is kind of in. In line with my thought of just taking more responsibility, just doing more. If you can do more, do more. Do more for yourself. Do more for the people around you. If someone invites you over, just look, do you literally have nothing going on? Just go do it. I know it might suck and I know the feeling around it kind of sucks, but just just go do it. What is Nike's slogan? Just go do it. Just go do it.
1: Just
0: go do it. I
1: think it's I'm I actually think it's I'm loving it.
0: Nike? Yeah. Okay.
1: So do it and love it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, something I found that can be helpful if you are feeling a little lost on what maybe your passion is, because it sounds like I just want to live alone. I want to live in the forest. I don't want to move. Um which I guess, I mean, there is a life like that. But I think there's still things you can be like, oh, man, I got to learn how to build my own fireplace or something. Uh, but something I've found that helps is if you do get up and you write for a little bit, even if it's free writing or just writing your thoughts down, uh, I think you do start to, you almost talk to yourself a little bit. You almost get to analyze what your thoughts are like and the things that you seem to care about. And you can go, yeah, it really does seem like I think blah, blah, blah is important. Mm-hmm. So if you're having trouble finding what that big passion should be, I think you can just sit down and write a little bit. Write about, you know, something you like, write about What you want your month to look like. Write about what you want your life to look like in five years. And not the sort of like, well, I guess I'm still in the woods. Like write about if it was the best. Even if the best for you just means you're still in the woods but you have a hot tub. Like (laughs) what is (laughs) the best? I mean a hot tub is fun. It's always fun. A
1: hot tub definitely says party and attracting other people. So maybe you should get a hot tub.
0: Hot tub's a good time. Drinking in a hot tub, you, I, you get dehydrated because you're sweating while you're in the hot tubs. You get pretty drunk pretty fast in a hot tub.
1: Yeah, it's really fun.
0: Yeah, it's a great time. <laughs> so that should be everyone's goal a little bit. Um, but I know this, is, this was sort of a broad, it's a broad thought. Like, what do I do? How do I make myself a bit happier? And I think we've thrown out a lot of pretty good advice, even though the whole time I was gritting my teeth because I was so upset that someone actually asked me for advice.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really, really irritating. Yeah. Um, the other I thing- could tell
0: you were annoyed. So annoyed. You were on your vape the whole time.
1: <laughs> Just, I couldn't put it down. Normally I can, but not, not today.
0: Normally you can put your vape down. But.
1: <laughs> the other thing too is, my other thought with this person is, when he's home what is he spending his time doing? Is he watching TV? Is he playing video games? Is he cooking? What are you doing when you're home? Um, Are you reading? Are you on social media? Whatever it is, that might be a thing you love and other people will love that too. You can definitely find people that will connect with you with whatever you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Even if it doesn't seem like a big thing, you know, like if your favorite show is 90-day fiancé, <gasps> which it's ours. Um there's so many people that love that that you could connect with and even if you, you know, created like a little group of people that you could talk about it. I don't know, you could do something with uh the things that you care about even if they're sort of silly. You know, like a reality show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To connect with people.
0: Absolutely. So I would take
1: a little inventory of like, what do you spend your time doing and see if there's a way you can find other people that like doing that too.
0: Yeah. It's weird because this guy, he's living a life like he's a sort of a retired uh, CIA agent that's trying to make sure that the government can't find him, you know?
1: Maybe that is what he's
0: doing. Maybe. Uh, But I think now's your moment. Now is your moment where the helicopter lands outside of your small cabin and the guy says, you know, so-and-so, we need you. And you say, I'm retired. And they say, the Viper's back. And then you're back on the case. I think it's time to find your Viper. Follow your Viper. Kill them. (laughs) Kill them. (laughs) Well, that's what they do, right? If they're hunting the viper.
1: I guess. Maybe this is a lifelong uh, viper chase that just keeps you going.
0: I know. Well, yeah, if you're doing multiple movies, the viper won't die. Or we think the viper dies, but that wasn't really the viper, and the viper was in the government. Don't
1: kill the viper. Go for a long series of multiple movies, a whole franchise of them.
0: So that is is our solicited advice. Uh, Thank you very much for listening and uh, goodbye.
1: Bye.